0: The Eddie B. Sit edition and audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's is being studied by Yosef Ben Ben Esther. Today's is being studied uh Again today's daf on Samikhet Amud Rishon. We start on the top line. We are looking uh, for a source at this point for how do we know a Na'aram me orasa Aviyah uh, Uba'ala me fireha. in the previous daf, we brought a ra'ayah uh, from a Pasubim Hayoti Yele Isharea Radeha. We said that pasuk was talking about a Naharame orasa, and we learned from the Veim Hayote years. But Mosif, pasuk before was talking about where the father is Mefir, Now it's coming to say that when she's in Naharame orasa, the baal also has some rights. So Bishutafut, Bishutfotei Deav, the partnership of the father, they are mifed the Darim. So that the Bishmar brings a difference. So the Bishmar El Tanah Ben Ish now that's the pasuk in the parashah Nedarim. It's actually the last pasuk of that parashat. It says These are laws, right? The God commanded Moshe The laws that apply between man and his wife. Bin av libito, between a father and his daughter, bin ureha bet avia. So the Ran says on the top line, the mashmalid the benarah morasa idi. It's mashmalid. This is talking about a narah that is morasa, that she is engaged. Medichtiv ba ukera bin ureha bet avia u medivsamach av libito bade ish mashmalid avubam efilim idariah. So when it says, they're learning a case of a that she's still by her father. So they want to say it's a case of where she is, so she's part by her father, part by the Baal. And how do you know that both of them have rights? Because right before that it talks about when the father has rights to do on his daughter, so also he has rights to do on the as well as the Baal itself. So let's read that down again. In the bin Avli fact that it says not Pasuk Avlibito Bade ish Masma de Av Uba Bifidiha. Okay, so that how you know that so it's a Pasuk, so it's a basically. No, without any uh, uh uh or whatever it is, it's so a befush pasuk that he's learning uh he's learning that from okay. Okay. the understand which means when it says, it's a married lady, right? So it's explaining what type of married lady? A married lady that's been bit abiha, that's still by her father. What's a married lady that's still by her father? Okay, that's how you know it. Because it says again, what type of ishli ishto? Bin or bit aviya. So some orasa. So comes the Gemaran says, U Tan de Biri Bhishma Aeen according to Tara Bi Bishma Ae Vim Hayoti Elishma Okay, good question. What did you do with the just yesterday then? What did you do with the Pasuvayoti Elish? Which we were Duresh you know, the other uh, source. Mokim the Idah de So he learns it for the other Dira Shavrava. What's that other Which means a, uh, a a girl before she's married, before she's engaged, who does all the inidarim? The, the father. Good. Now let's say she gets engaged. Okay, so now the husband gets involved. Now let's say she uh, gets divorced, so she goes back to the father. So the Habaya before Habaya shiniyah, before her second engagement, is like before her first engagement. Just like before her first engagement, the father does everything, so to before her second engagement, the father gets everything. Don't think that once she gets engaged... Even though she gets divorced, maybe she, you know, she goes to herself. No, she returns back to her father. Mm-hmm. So let's read that in the, in the Ran. That's before she makes the second engagement. To the same deen of before the, her first engagement. And that's that's what they're doing that Pasuk for. And the Banan will say that I, I can learn two things in that Pasuk. What's hayyotiyeh? So, he's learned that, 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 she married twice. Teaches us to deen that what? That the first havayah and the second havayah are the same. Which means, the first havayah before she's engaged is the father. So, therefore, even if she gets divorced, before the second havayah also goes to the father. The rabbis, they learn both things in that pasuk. The priestess says no. He learns only that that uh, pasuk. Okay. Vechitema oh, detaniu ram the kevan detaniu the bari bishma'il kule keradimayotiye lakushi ha bayot muki arus mefen bekod miminale. We don't just learn if you remember. We learn another thing from that pasuk. That the arus is able to be mefen bekod That means any neder that was on her before she got married, uh, before she got engaged, the bar now has jurisdiction over those nedarim. Arus mefir be'kodni. The arus is mefir on things that were nudar even before the engagement. So how does the uh, Shmuel know that? I already used the pasuk imayot. Uh, to teach me the two Habayot? So it says, "Yeshua demas pradeh de lo et Which is he doesn't need a pasuk for this. Even though the Torah said that when a girl gets married, nisu'in en abal When it's marriage. He cannot be fair things that were before the marriage. He can only be fair things of, from the marriage itself. <laughs> Which means we're going to only learn where the Torah said it. By nisuin, since um, it's not with conjunction of the father. So any neder that was done before, right, in the time of the Idusin, you needed the father, correct? And in it was made at the time of the irusim, you need the father. Once there's nisuin, the father's not around anymore. So therefore you cannot break such a nidarim, because you don't have the help of the father now that she's married. Again, when she's married, can she break the nidarim, could, could, could the husband break the nidarim that was made before the marriage? No. Which means that in the nidarim that were made at the time of the irusim, the husband does not have rights to break them alone at the time of the nisuin. That was not as a beferush pasuk. So they're not you why. Because she doesn't have the foot of the father anymore. Because once he gets married, the father's out of the uh, picture, so doesn't he remain uh, uh, not uh, able to be mivir? Aval arus, <laughs> the be b'shut the av, be kod mimatsi mivir, av Which means, but Master she by an arusa, the father's still around, and therefore could the father be mefer? of course she's still in his uh, jurisdiction. Even if she's not arusa, since the since the father, is no such thing as Kodmi because he's still around, so therefore the Baal is able to be fair with the conjunction of the father, by B'kodmi. So therefore the Ran is saying, I don't need a pasuk for that, according to, according to the Bishmael. So let's review now the dirashot, until this point. We have a dirashot over here of, Ben Ishle Ishto, Ben Av Okay, so that's how we know, when it says, Ben Ishle Ishto, what type of Ishle Ishto are we talking about? Ben Oreya, Bet Aviyah. Like it says, the end of the pasuk, which is, Urasa, and it's next to the case of a father, it's like a father over there, so it's coming through the father and the husband. Good. Aye, but the Mishmael, we had a person yesterday that taught us, what do you do with that? No, I learned the Hayot here. That just like before the first engagement, the father has sole rights, so too if she breaks up. So before the second engagement, when she's to free again, the father has full rights. Oh, rabbis, where do you, where do you learn that law from? So he said, we learn both from that. We can learn both things from that pasuk. teaches me uh, that law as well. I can learn both and in that pasuk. Okay, good. But in Ishmael, there's still one that I said that you don't, that's outstanding. Where do you learn that the na'aram urasah, the um, the husband, the ba'al, is able to be mefer b'kormin. We learned it from that pasuk. Uh, where are you going to learn it from? So he says, I don't I need pasuk for that. That I know m'sivara. Because the Torah was only m'ma'et. The Torah only excluded that a Baal, who's married, cannot be mefed b'kodmin. That I understand. You know why? Because he doesn't have the father's help anymore once he's married. But She'en can mm-hmm. when it's irusin. the need are made before the ilusin, that the, the, the father had jurisdiction. After the irusin, the father's still around. So therefore, the, with the help of the husband, the, they can be mefed b'kodmin. So therefore, a simple uh, sevara. So everything is accounted for, according to the Ishmael. comes again and says, Veravah. I did, Tani, the Bishmash, and my abide. Good. Now, yesterday's answer was given by Rava. So the question is like this: What is he going to do with the pasuk of Ben Ishle Yeshtov Ben Oray Abet Abia? What is it with the Bishmash pasuk? We're we'll learning the Bishmash pasuk, teach me now, Rama or Asabi Avah, La Mefim Nedarim. But if you learn from Viim Hayoti Yede Ish, so this pasuk is available. Mifayel Le Lomar She Abal Mefim Nedarim She Benol Le Bena. It's coming to tell me which type of nidarin does the husband uh, be mefer. Which means, now we're learning a rule now. Which obviously we'll go into depth another time. But our lesson over here is the husband has rights to mefer, not any nidid. The nidid has to be affecting him. If she's making a nidir that doesn't have any effect uh, on his life, it's not beno lebena. So then already he has no rights to be mefer. So from this pasuk, he learns which means there has to be a type of neidir that uh, affects them somehow. Those are the type of neidirim that you can be mifed. That's what he learned from this person. Look at the ron. Now there's another type of neid called inuy nefesh. Inu Nefesh is, let's say, she accepts upon herself some type of um, abstention, which, which will cause her uh, tsa'ar. Uh, she's not going to eat uh, <laughs> certain uh, food that you're you know that you supposed to eat and things like that. That's Inu Nefesh. Inu Nefesh, the husband has rights. That already we have a pasuk be- that the husband has rights on Inu Nefesh. Now we're discussing another type of neder, Not a Nefesh, not a, not a, not a, a Nefesh that causes her tsa'ar, but a that Nefesh that is benole benam. So he says that, Nefesh bejekatifi. What does it say? כל נדד ו'חוס ש'ו יסוד ל'אנוט you know what to teach me oh so gotta go back that pasuk ready for the source of נארם or אסא how does he know the ש'בנ'ה okay could be can both things from the pasuk Oh, now, very important point. Just like we're saying the husband now. He can only break two types of darim of his wife. Nefesh, right? Where she makes an abstention of some type of thing that's, uh, you know, to, to, to cause her distress, that, that would cause her distress. And things, so to a father, with her single girl, same type Nidhi Nefesh and so even the father is restricted. You know that your father has daughters and there is restrictions. You break any no, not any needed. It's the same, same classifications. So, Inu nefesh the and beno the the you know the father? Which means since it juxtaposes uh bin avlibito ben ishli ishto in the same pasuk. So the darash is that just like Ishli ishto, it's the only types of inu nefesh and bin on to av the bitoh uh, is the same types of uh Okay that's on, that's to the husband I don't know the father, the father as well. why so, the Rambam has an interesting shitai. The Rambam says, no, a father to a daughter? Anything. all the There's no limit limitations. So, obviously, he doesn't take the shit Shalmi that the Rambam is quoting in this Midrash that the Rambam quoted. So, it's because we have now a fantastic mahluk. just to remember, amongst the Rishonim now, the extent of a father's rights over his daughter. Harambam, daughter, everything. Okay, husband to wife, then already you have the bin business and all that stuff. According to the Rambam, no. The gedarim is the same. Whatever a husband does to the wife, ben oli nefesh. So the same something applies to the uh, father, to a daughter. That's a very important makhluk uh, to remember. Okay, now we start a question. The Gemara basically today is going to ask one question, and the Gemara goes to uh, one source to give the, uh, the answer. What is the question the Gemara asks uh, in this Gemara? Ba'al, me'gaz o'maklish kalish. Okay, that's the question. Right? They have a, a joint now effort under the Dari'im. So when the husband, let's say, uh, enforces his right, let's say he makes a it's only half. You need the uh, father also to make a for the need to be nullified, right? Annulled. So the question is like this. How do you look at it? Do you look at it as megaz gaiz? Megas means cut it, which means You have two parts of the nedrobi. You have the husband's ability to break his half, and the father to break his half. Okay, They both have half rights, let's say. So you look at it as if when the husband uses his rights of a he cuts his half, but the father's half remains intact. Megazgayis he just cuts it. Or do you look at it as miklash kalish? What does miklash kalish mean? Weakened. Weaken means, once one of them makes hafara, not only does he weaken his part, but the whole dead, even the other half now becomes weak as well. Now, you're going to ask, what's the difference? What guys because There has to be a nefka uh to this uh, logic of mechanics of how it works. So the Gebra gives a nefka The Gebra says... What are you asking? Like what? What, what, what is it, what is it uh, manifest? Okay. She made a neder from two specific olives. Right? I'm not going to eat this olive and this olive. Okay, so we know the two specific olives. Veshama arus So the arus heard about it. Veferla and made a farah and then she ate both olives now it's enough if you say it's she'll get it's just an isur which means if you say when the husband makes a farah so he cut it in half so then you have have half the net that is still on her full force so therefore, when she ate these uh, two olives over here, she ate uh, isur over here, which means uh, she was over the neder, and the neder is still in full force. But she, if you say miklash kalish, once already made her farah, the uh, uh, the baal, so now the whole neder, even the husband's side becomes weak. So therefore, the father's side becomes weak. So then she made an isur. But it's not going to be any suit already that's going to be subject to Malkuyot. So that's really the Gimaz Nafkamira. If it's weakened, she won't get Malkut. If it's not weakened, it's uh, regular. She's over until uh, the whole thing becomes uh, mufar. And let's read that on in this over Let's start that on Ibayadu. First white line. Ibayadu baal megas omeklash kadish to the Arus. She ero ela enabishutfutin de ah. Right? only has a joint. When he's mefer his section. Which means, he cuts half the neder and it's totally off. And the other half of the neder remains strong, like it was there from the beginning. Well, maybe you don't look at it as the Baal's cutting his half. Part of once he makes a farah, his farah weakens the whole, the end itself. That's the two sides, right? Now, we only asked it one way. You could ask it the other way also. The father, when he's a mefed is it megasgaiz? Is it just cutting his hair, and the other half remains on full-fledged? Or is it weakening the whole uh, situation? We just asked one way with the, with the husband. Look at the next one. Heka kamibayin, kilomar, lemay nafka minah? What's enough coming Din or She made a nidra against two olives. Okay, she made a and then she eventually ate both olives. Which means when the husband lets, when the husband made the when the ba'a made the hafara, Let's say he does have. So one of these olives technically now is mutar, right? But ate both olives now. So the other olive, the hafara is on it. I'm sorry, the need the, the is on it, full fledged. And therefore, she's gonna get malkut on that olive. Correct. Which means that the Rana is speaking out if she only ate one, you can't give her Malkut, because that's malkut Basik. You don't know which olive now was 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 Mufar. Which means, when the husband made hafara, He get we say hafara. his work's hef. So one of the alums technically now is mutal. But one of them remains, bi'isur uh, hamura. So therefore she ate both. So therefore so she ate one of them that was still isur, with strong isur. Therefore she's going to get malkut. That's what you say, megaz, gaiz. Right? Look at the next one. The amat meklash kalish leka malkut. You know why there's no malkut? De'a Stop right there. Once the husband made hafara, uh, now did he weaken his side? He weakened the husband's side, the the, the father's side as well. She's, the whole nedra now becomes uh, uh, weakened. <laughs> Therefore, she ate both of these olives. Did she make an isur? Yes, but it's not already subject to the isur malkut of the Torah. That would be the nafka mina. Okay. Now stop there for a second. Let's go now to the answer of the Gemara. Is it clear the nafka out between the gazgayiz and the klesh kalish? If she ate one, she, ate one, she gets nothing because we don't know. It's specific. That's why the that answer she had to eat, eat both 'Cause according to Megaz Ghiz, for sure she ate the one that's still intact and therefore it's me But Miklash Khitsch did shade both of them, it doesn't matter because bottom line he weakened the whole the whole the whole package. That, that's really the Gemara's question. That's the only question we deal with today. Is it Megaz Ghaiz or Megaz Kleitz? And I'll even give you the answer. The Gemara's going to answer it's a Mahlok Bitchemai and Betalil. That's the bottom line answer. Now we just have to go through the source where they found this uh, answer. And actually it actually comes from a Brayter, right, we start with the Brayter. Right, Tashema, okay. Mm-hmm. E amru met baal nitroknadishut leav. Okay, we have a basic rule like this. Yeah, but we talking about it now. Aramorasa again. There's a joint effort over there, right? If the husband dies at that point, the uh, arus, right? So, the power falls back to the father. It falls back. It, uh, you want the exact words, um, transfers to the father. Okay, so uh, the father gets everything back. Now they're going to give you the cases. What's the case? What's the case when well, they say when well, the husband dies, the transferring of the issue goes back to the father. The father, one case is, she made a nidr, obviously, this arusa, and the husband did not hear about the nedir at all before he died. He didn't have any, not a hafara, not a he didn't hear about it. Or, she or he heard about it, vishatak, and he just kept quiet. That means he made a hakama, because when you keep quiet, that's considered as if you upheld it, right, you, you, you kept it. Or she shama or... He heard about it and he made hafara. He nullified it. And then he died that day. That's what we learned. That when the husband dies, it transfers to the father. Now what are we talking? Let's read it Get clarity. It's cryptic. It's brighter. Let's read it he matay amru metaband rochad eshuta leavonu be saying transfers back to her father. Bismad she lo abal kodim shemit. He didn't hear about the hidden at before he died. Oshema vefir. We heard about it and nullified. Oshema veshatak. Those are three cases so far we have. Now umet bo bayom, and he died that day. Now the man explains ha diktani umet bo bayom. That which we said he died that day ashema veshatak ka'e. Okay, now explain. The dying that day specifically is referring to one case. Let's so let's discuss that one case first to crystallize. He heard the neder, he kept quiet, didn't react, and he died that day. The ba'al. Now, the daf kabo bayum, the akatid lo kayma ba'al. As long as the day is not finished, it's not considered a kiyum. What's considered a qiyum? If he kept quiet, the day passed, then the name is considered how. But in this case over here, you're right. The Baal kept quiet. He didn't negate it, but he didn't make it to the end of the day. So is it considered that he made a Qiyum? No. Because he didn't live the, the day out. Correct, Soba? Ron. Okay. So then the father gets his, he gets his total, total rights back to, to be Met Ah, but let's say the husband heard the Nidr, kept quiet, made it to the end of the day, died the next day, now the fa- that's a qiyum, the father does not have right, doesn't transfer back to the father. Lo, de ha kaima ba'al. The ba'al was mikayim. De kaimaan chelo he fal, cause since he did not mefair, gale adarte de menach He wants the Nidr. So now the father cannot be mifer. So the father can only be mifer in a case. So far we're learning shama, shatak, met bo That means you did nothing, right? Technically, the husband really didn't. make did be mifer. It goes back to the father. Now, aval shama vehefer. Let's go to the next case. Let's say he heard, the husband that is, and he was, I don't what we're talking about. Let's speak it outside. What would you say? The father and the husband, right, not She made the name, the husband heard it, and he made her farah. Now he died. So the farah, for sure the husband, the father should be able to have rights now. Because we know what the husband's will was. He wanted to make her farah, right? Whether his was a farah is worth anything when he dies, I don't care. Even if it is, if it is worth something, beautiful. Uh, then the husband is uh, the father is just the finishing uh, what he wants. And even if you want to say, once he dies, let's say it, it means he did nothing. Uh, he dies, he, he, it, it's nullified. Good, so everything goes to the father. Look at the to if he dies the next day, the father. Why? Oh, so that's learning that when the husband dies, his affair becomes nullified. His dies with him, right? So now the father really has to be mefir, his chilek, the father's chilek, and he also has to befir the baal's chilek, because the baal's chilek is not considered there anymore. Since already he made a farah, the baal, you can't say that the baal made a hakabah, because he really his intention was to be mefir. Even though it's batel. He died. So therefore, in a case where husband made hafara died even the next day, the power goes to the father. So, so far we have two cases where the power goes to the father. We have a case where shama, uh, he heard the neder, shatak, medbo so that means the husband did nothing basically. Hakama was not. Hakamah was not. All the power goes back to the father. He can be Mefir alone, or shama Hefir. Even if he died the next day, doesn't matter. Let's say his hafara is considered worthless. But what he didn't make hakama. Bottom line, and therefore the husband will inherit, so to speak, the husband's uh, the husband's ability to make hafara. Right? Chikemam good. Okay, the Hachenamukhash, the Nat's Miksad, the Safaz we good. Aval Im Shamabi Kyim, or Shama Vishatak, Umet Biyum Shl Ahab and Yahunafir. Okay, later on's gonna say, Im Shamabi Kiyim, okay that's a regular case where the husband made kiyum, or shama vi shatak. Or let's say he heard the nidr and he kept quiet, umit beyum shal a chalav and died the next day. Oh that's a problem. Because if he die the next day, again everybody is a kiyum. Once the husband makes a kiyum the father doesn't inherit his chilek, now that he did uh, his So only because he died the next day. Ma'ashmeh, he died that day, he says, E'en yakol hafer, ve'en ita deshema ve'fer nami, ki met beyom shil acharav, enu yakol la'fer, if you're going to come and tell me, that ki met beyom shil acharav, that when he dies the the, the next day, ki met beyom shil acharav, enu yakol la'fer, la'ashme'in anachem beshama ve'fer, de'chi met beyom shil acharav, en yakol la'fer, v'aviributa tefeh which means it, we're learning what. Well. Once he makes hafara, the husband uh, that is right, even if he dies the next day, doesn't matter. The father gets the rights. So you're just coming to tell me that if the father didn't get rights in that case, tell, tell me tell me that case better. Tell me a case where the father where he made the hafara that day, he died the next day. Tell me that the father loses his rights instead of telling me the case of mishama Bishatak. Look at the line over here. Second line. That's a better case, which means when, when he kept quiet and died the next day, you tell me that the husband loses his rights. Tell me a better case. Tell me a case where he, even if he made a hafara and died the next day, the father loses the rights. And if and the fact that it didn't say that case, it showing me that if he dies the next day would have farah. the father does have the right. Good. So now, basically, we have a few cases. Now, I want to review. So let's read. Um, let's read fifteen. Let's read fifteen because we got to read. I want to get the clarity of all these cases. Go. On. Note sixty-eight, eight-two. Now that we read in the ra'an, I want to review it in the English again. Here, the Mishnah's ruling that the right of an arousal's husband to revoke her vow transfers upon his death to the father Christ, only when the husband did not confirm the vow prior to his death. Kiru. In the three examples delineated by the Brayta, the husband made neither an active nor passive confirmation of the vow. Hence the Mishnah rules that the right of revocation transfers to the father. In the last example, where the husband heard the vow and remained silent, the blighter stipulates that the husband died on that very day. Very good. On the case where you he heard it and kept quiet, there you have to say die that day, because otherwise if he dies after, it's considered a hakama. So basically crystallize the rule. Once the husband makes a legitimate hakama, it doesn't fall back to the uh, father. But anything else without hakama, it falls back. So therefore he says, For I stated in the verse of, uh, whatever, if the father or husband is silent for the entire day on which he hears about the vow, his silence constitutes a passive confirmation. Hence, had the husband died on the following day, his on so the previous day would have considered a passive confirmation, and the right of revocation would not transfer to the father. But if, however, the husband revoked the vow on the day that he heard about it, and then died the following day, that means revoked the vow, I mean he made hafara, and then he died even the following day, the right of revocation would transfer to the father. Although the husband's revocation becomes nullified upon his death, like we learned. Once he dies, there's no hafara, his hafara is gone. Required the father to revoke the husband's portion as well, which means now the husband, now the father not only has to make hafara he- on his section, he's got to make hafara on the, Ba'ala didn't, didn't do. It is not taint to the husband's silence. For though the husband's revocation become nullified, he had indicated by his revocation that he does not approve the vow. And there's nothing more than he could have done. Thus, his nullification revocation cannot be deemed as equivalent to tacit confirmation. So, Barama, so long as you know he didn't confirm it, the father can Get his power, and uh, make uh, a That's the basic uh, principle of life. Look, continue, continue. Top line on the Amud Bet. Again, all we got to do is analyze these cases, and then to get to our Megaz Gaiiz Miklash Kalish. Continue. Aval im shama Okay, that's one case. Uh, the husband, uh, I'm sorry, the husband, you heard about it, and is v'kiyim it. Or, shama v'shatak. Or oh, he kept quiet. Okay, again, two cases of Tiyum. Oh, finished. Then the uh, the husband loses. The, the father cannot be kafarah, Basic rule. Good? Once there's an approval, it's over. Now they're going to analyze this. Okay, we're going to add a case number two, actually. Okay, you ready for this case here? Who's this case over here? Let's say the father heard the nedir. Shama ve'fedla. So again, she's engaged. You need a joint between the father and the husband. The father heard the nedir, and he came along and said, nullify. Velo speak and the husband didn't even hear about the nedir.." and the father died. So the father made a farah. He dies. Only after he dies, the husband, now even have uh, first heard about this neder. That's one of the cases that we learned. That's a case where when the husband dies, it doesn't transfer to the Baal. So when the father dies, it doesn't transfer to the Baal, which is we learned till now where the Baal dies, it transfers to the father. But you have to go the other way. The husband is not Yoresh, the, sorry, the, yeah, the husband is not Yoresh the father. And what's the case? Now, there's a reason why I chose exactly such a specific case, and we'll see why the nuances of the case. But the case that the Gemara chose to illustrate that rule was in, father heard the nedir. The father was mefer the Nidir, father died, now the husband just finds out, oh, hey, there was a neder over here. Uh, sorry, you have, you have no, uh, you, lost your, uh, you, you lost your kohot. You have no kohot now. You do not have the right to be uh, mefer, the whole thing yourself, and therefore the nedir is, um, the nedir, the nedir is, uh, is hal, because you cannot make a, uh, a hafara, which is, the right, which is the power of the father doesn't go now to the, uh, to, to the bab. Now let's see the case over here. Look at the case. Watch this here. I want you to read five. Read five and then we'll read it in the Ran. I want you to read the, the notes first because you've you got to read this twice today to get the Severo. Look at the five. Ran explains. The Bright illustrates the law that the power of revocation does not transfer to the husband upon the father's death, right? In a case where the husband did not manage to hear about the vow to teach us a greater novelty. I mean, basically what the Ran is going to tell us is. You could have told me either case. We heard about the vow or we didn't hear about the vow, the, the husband. The Gebarah chose to give me a case where, even in a case where the husband did not even hear about the vow till the father died, Why ought to choose that case, he says. It emerged with the Gebarah below that until the husband hears about the vow, he is not considered as having acquired jurisdiction over the vow. Okay? That does, when, when does this koah, so to speak, kick in? When he hears about it. It follows, therefore, that the effect of the father's revocation is greater when the husband has not heard about the vow, and thus did not yet acquire jurisdiction over it, than when the husband heard about the vow, and thus has acquired jurisdiction over it. Good. That means, until the husband heard about it, so the, no, the father's powers were stronger at the time. Because it's really he was the only one that had the jurisdiction at the time of the uh, hafara. Well, it's not 100%, but it's stronger than if it would have been his hafara at the time when the husband knew about it. Let's put it that way. Now, hence, had the Braita stated simply that the joint, uh, I'm sorry, had the Braita stated simply that the husband is powerless to revoke the vow va- the father revoked it and died, we might have thought that this pertains to a vow va- that the husband had heard about and thus had equal jurisdiction with the father over it. For in that case, the force of the father's revocation was limited. Right, we're going to call that Kalish. Kalish means if the father made a fara'at at the time that the husband knew about it, so I'm going to say the father's hafara is really weakened to a degree. Thus, when the father dies, what remains of the vow, that little uh, thing that's left over, is too great to be revoked by the husband alone. That's a case we heard about, which means, I'm explaining it like this, when the husband heard about his powers, uh, power now. Okay? So now, when the husband, when the father made hafara, on his uh, section of the Nedid, right? So I would have said, in, well, the father's powerful. It's not, it's not, it's not as powerful. Well, it's not as powerful as, right, because the husband knew about it. So therefore, in such a case, now where the husband uh, dies, the dies, so the father dies, he's not going to inherit the rights of the father. Why? Let me read that again. Exactly, it's too great to, to, to inherit. Now, what's the logic of that? For in that case, only really one, two, three, four lines on the bottom. For in that case, the force of the father's revocation was limited, because mm. the husband uh, knew about it. Oh. Thus, when the father dies, what remains of the vow is too great to be revoked by the husband alone. However, but, where the husband had not heard about the vow, okay, good, And thus had not acquired jurisdiction over it, in which case the force of the father's revocation is greater. One might have thought that what remains of the vow is weak enough to be revoked by the husband alone. Therefore, the bright informs that even if the father dies after revoking a vow that the husband has not heard about, and thus is a severely weakened vow, the husband still cannot revoke the remainder. Read this now inside. Let's read it inside the nun. Shama Abiyah third line. Okay, he brings down Therefore, don't go, don't mean somebody why he chose this case over that case. He's. I don't agree with them. I think the, the reason why he chose these cases are specific. Therefore, he says, I'm going to give you the perush of the cases. So he says, this is what it seems to me. The high reason why he chose the case of speaker, because does not find out about The butane not about it yet. We're learning from there that So long as the husband doesn't know about it, and he's weakened because he doesn't know about it. No jurisdiction. since the father was Uba ki Now when the husband, when the father dies, The man was weakened a lot. The father got rid of 80% of it. Velo What was left over? Only a little. maybe that little that's left over to Maybe let the ball just to knock it off. the weakened a lot. that little remainder. Very good. Stop right there. So now we know that case over there. The case is. No matter what, no matter what the husband leaves over, even if he leaves over the weaker helik, the, the father, father, the baal is not uh, mifed. Lecture mode on. on. Correct. Which is certainly in a case where the husband knew about it, but even in the case where the husband didn't know about it, Tzvi was learning, he doesn't uh, inherit the uh, the power. Now we go to the next case. Continue to the Gemara. Gemara says, Shama ba'alah. another case. The husband heard about it. Okay. And he made a hafara. And the father didn't even hear about it. And the husband died. Okay, what's the deen? Okay, good. That's a classic case of what? Where the husband dies and the father gets the transfer of uh, power. Now, again, there's got to be a reason why you chose this case as well, where the husband heard about it, made a hafara, which is good, because we know the rule. So long as the husband was mekim, there's no transferring back to the father. So he made a hafara, and then what happened? He died, and he died before even the father heard about it. That's a case where what? The father gets the power. Now, what power does he get? His hafara, and he has to also be mefir, the husband's right. Because we learned in the ran already. When the husband is mefir, if he dies, let's say, that day, so the hafara is, uh, the hafara is nullified. Which means uh, the hafara, oh, that, yeah, the hafara is, uh, nullified. Because he died. So therefore he has to be mefir, his halak, and the halak of the husband. But he can. He, it transfers to the father. Now let's read the ran. Let's read the, actually, let's read, the, uh, let's read six. You ready? Let's read six. This is almost identical to the bright as first case, where it was thought that if the husband revoked the vow, good, and then died, the right to revoke the falls to the father. The new illustration differs only in that it applies that the father did not manage to hear about the vow until the husband died. See, we really learned this case already, by the way. Remember the, the first case in the bright and uh, Amud Rishon, said this exact case. The only difference in this case and, 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 and that case was? The father didn't hear about it in this case. The first case we said was, the husband was mefer, and the husband the, 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 the father knew about it. Okay, good. It falls to the father. This is just a new uh, caveat of it. The husband, the, the ba'al was mefer, where the father did not know about it. Doesn't matter. Still, it comes back to it. Now, and therein lies the novelty. Right there is the Hiddush. Why? On the basis of the brightest first illustration, one might have thought... That the right of revocation falls to the father only when the father had heard about the vow, when the husband revoked it. For in that case, the father and the husband had equal jurisdiction over the vow. And the husband therefore succeeded in revoking only half the vow, thus the remaining half transferred to the father upon the husband's death. But But the right might not fall to the father where he had not heard about the vow, and thus had not acquired jurisdiction. For in that case, the husband's revocation was stronger, leaving less vow to transfer... Okay, and therefore, where it explained that the weaker—okay, we learned that—where it is explained that the weaker the vowel, the less transferable it might be. Now we're giving a different sevara than we said before. Okay, so the Rambam speaks out that really, on weaker vowels, you can look at it both ways. You could either look like earlier we looked at a weaker vowel. Say, oh, you know, maybe weaker vowel, maybe yeah, give it over. Now we're looking at the reverse logic. Maybe a weaker vow is weak that you can't, that doesn't have the right to transfer over. Thus, the bride that later, therefore it says explicitly that the right falls to the father even in the later case where you didn't hear about it, where it's a weaker thing. Now, now, it is true. Key line now in the name. Now it is true, as explained above, that this latter situation could be construed as less of a novelty. Why? Since there is less of a vow that needs to be transferred to the father. So the Adraba. This is not a Hadus story we learned till now. He, he, the, the husband, let's say, did according to way we understood eighty percent, because the father had no no idea. So what's left over? Twenty percent. So we learned till now twenty uh, percent. It's easier to give him over. I don't know, now we're saying no, it's harder to inherit the twenty percent. So he says. However, the fact is that either situation could be true. The novelty. On one hand, the fact that the vow has been weakened substantially would tend to make the second one's revocation easier. That's what we learned till now. You can, you can inherit, right? On the other hand, the substantial weakening of vow would tend to make the trench of the right of revocation of the second party more difficult. For as will become apparent in the Gemara below, a weakened vow is considered insubstantial and thus non-transferable from one domain to the other. Stop right there. See, you can go both ways. You can go both ways, because, again, I guess to transfer something has to be substantial. You've got to have something to it. It's such a weakened vow, maybe there's not even uh, transfer rights. So, Kalash Malam, when it comes to the father inheriting the husband, even if it's weakened, like he didn't know about it, and the husband, let's say, vowed the, uh, nullified the lion's share of it because since he has a stronger koa, doesn't matter. It's going to go back to the, uh, the to, to, to the husband. To, 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 to the father. To the father. So that's the point. Which means, and the Quran speaks to Sad ferush. He says you can go both ways on this Miklash you Kalish. Know, you can look at it in two ways. So think about it, I chose, both those cases to to to, to, to highlight, and I, I repeat the highlight in the husband's case in the husband's cases that even if the husband is only inheriting a weak portion, he's not going to get it. Even a weak portion he doesn't get right. And then we go the other way that what a father, even if it's weak, where well you might say it's insubstantial to get the transfer, he will get it. Okay, so either way you look at it. Advantage always to the father, disadvantage to the to the Baal. Okay, now we go to one more case. It's case number four, as they're calling it. Shama Baala. Okay, husband heard about the Nehder. They were talking about now, Right, husband heard about the Nehder, he was M'ferl. They do speak and the father didn't hear about it, until he died. The father died now. Okay? So who do you got left over? You have the husband alone. He made hafara, and now the father's gone. So what does it say? Yeah, that's it. The, 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 the husband cannot be a meferi, Why? What's our rule? A husband only can break the vows of an aram or a with to shoot a to the father. There's no father here anymore. So the Baal does not have powers. Look at seven. Although the Braith has already taught us, right, that a husband cannot revoke his Saza alone after the death of the father, the, Braith, the father does teach us this law in this case as well. In the previous case, although the father revoked his portion of the vow, since he subsequently died before the process of revocation was completely by the, the husband, the father completely by the husband the father revocation becomes nullified, and the vow returned to full strength. Uh-huh. So it means in the other case where the, of the where the um, father made a hafara, the father then he died. So when he dies, it's like he did nothing. So therefore, the full strength falls to the husband. So in that case, over there, he can't do anything. Hence, in order to affect the kid, the husband would have to revoke the entire vow. Can't do that. In the present case, however, the remaining portion is weak. For the husband revoked his portion without the father having heard about the vow. In this case, the husband did it, correct? When the husband did it, the father didn't hear about it. So the husband, not did 80%. So what's left over? Uh, a small amount. And now when the father died, you might think, what's left over? 20 minutes. So, the husband made the hafarat to told me the father didn't know about it. So how are we always learning. One way of learning. Miklash Kalish. Miklash Kalish, therefore, I did 80%. Now the father died. What, what, am, I, what am I getting at the sake of court? 20%. Uh, maybe I would have thought the 20% goes to the husband. husband right? Thus, one would have thought that the husband revocation should now be a favor. Right? Therefore, it's just otherwise. Okay. Now, one more clarification before we get to the Gemara's proof, which is the Gemara's proof is, 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 is coming up right now. In this case, we said Enabal Mefen illa bishu the husband can only be mefer How come you didn't lose the language? How come you didn't lose the language that we used above? baal. It doesn't transfer to the Ba'al. I mean, there's, there's two ways of saying this law. I'm not arguing the law. the law is the law. The husband doesn't have rights. But what's the way the Braith cho- chose to speak this law out? Okay, true. But you could have said it like we learned it in the other case. Had we learned in the other case? Just say it doesn't transfer. We've been always using that last one. Does it transfer or doesn't transfer? When it came to this case over here, you didn't use that transfer uh, language. So look at the next paragraph. This also clarifies why the Brayta does not conclude here with the statement that this illustrates that we have learned if the father died, the right does not transfer to the husband, as concluded in case 2, but rather with the statement that the husband cannot revoke except uh, in partnership with the father. For the novelty of this case is, even though the father had never acquired any jurisdiction over the vow, that would now have to transfer to the husband, <coughs> and even though the husband's original vacation remains in force, there is no way that al vow can be revoked without the participation of the father. Which means, yeah, because this case over here, the father really, not transferring anything, the father... He didn't know about it. he? Didn't know about that? The transferring. What's shot transferring normally, which means he had a, uh, he did something. It's something he knew about it? He had a jurisdiction. Okay, does a transfer or not? He didn't even know about it. So he, 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 not, it transfers back to the uh, to the husband because we're talking about the kids with the husband or the father. Not even hear about it from the onset. Okay, now we get to approve. Now you got all the cases. You basically got the the logic. The, the things you have to remember is in all these cases. Father does have an advantage, obviously. Baal doesn't. Okay. Uh, in cases where the husband made Hakama uh, before he died, that's where the father becomes weakened. Only in those cases. Where the, father, where the husband made Hakama, the husband established and the needed, then he died. That can only be in a case where he kept quiet and died the next day. Or he, befirush was Mekim, and then died then already the power does not go to the father. But in all other cases, all other cases, but in cases where he kept quiet and died that day, so no hakanah was made, or he made hafada the husband, right, and died uh, that day, or for that matter died the next day, the law is it's going to go to the father. And the Hadish the view is that when it comes to the father, he inherits even something that's insubstantial. Even though you might say it's insubstantial, even if you didn't know about it, even though he's only getting a weak part, maybe you think he can't get it, he gets it. And the hadush of the husband is he does not get the other way. When the father died, even if it's insubstantial, he's okay, he should be able to, to get that, he will not get that as well. So the hadush on the weekend goes both ways, advantage father, disadvantage husband. Now let's get to the proof. So the Gemara says, and here it is, case number five. Shama So what happened over here? The father heard. good. and the husband didn't even hear about it. Ad shemit, and then what? Husband did not manage to hear about it until he died. That's the Baal died. Husband died. Hoseh mm-hmm. Ha'af, So the father comes back. Umefer helkos shel Baal takes the portion of the husband, and he mefer. Oh, so now we start. Look at the tapran. Shama Avia ve'fedla. We don't speak about. He wasn't even hear about it. Ad chemet Hoseh ha'av mefer helkos shel Baal. Hadik tani Hoseh he doesn't have to re re his section. Good, he means he did his he has to just do another in lieu of the husband that died. doesn't have to make his helek he didn't die. very good point. which means his 'אפרה didn't become battle he's still alive. Correct? So there's no reason why he has to make his hafara over again. So again, the case is, father made hafara, husband didn't even know about it. Husband died. What happens? The father just makes <laughs> one, another hafara like, for the husband's ailek, and uh, we're okay. Now the says, These are the words of b'tshamay. Betel umrim, Betil comes along and says, In this case, the father cannot be the husband's haleq. Right. Which means according to B'chamai, it may make very sense. What's what's B'chamai's logic? The, the husband's the father's still alive? His hafaras did not become nullified, by the way. Very good. Since his hafara did not become nullified, so what do we have left to do? The husband's uh, hafara. Okay, just do take care of the husband's hafara, and, and you're done. Next <speaking in> round. <Hebrew> but says he loses his hafara ability. Why? Even if he reviews, and does the whole thing. Even though he does hafara, and hafara baal. Why? You know why? Mishum, megaz Uh, You know how you look at a nedr when you break half of it? So the father, when he made Hafara, he cut his half. What do you have left over? Half of the husband. That's a substantial uh, nidir. Beautiful. So now when the husband dies, the father will be yoresh, that. Substantial halak, and therefore he could just make hafir on the second half. Not only did he weaken his own half, but he weakens the whole situation. Therefore, the ba'al's halak becomes affected, and therefore, that already is insubstantial to be. Here's the key. Since the father is still around, his hafara is still in effect. No, his hafara is still in effect because he's alive. And therefore the nether now remains in a weak state. And therefore the father cannot... Be mefen. I'll be there in the Stop right here for a second. You'll see the difference in the other case. The Gibara wants to conclude. This question that we had initially How do you look at an nerd that's the husband uh, that the father broke half of it and the uh, let's say the Baal didn't break half of it? How do you look at it? Unless you, you know what the answer is. Where do you see that manifest in exactly this case? Father heard about the near dead. Husband did not know nothing. Good. Father went what? Mefir. Technically, he broke half of it, right? At least half of it. And uh, the, husband, uh, the, the, the husband died. We're not hearing about it. So what do we say over here? So we say over here, uh Shammai holds. Okay, no problem. Just take care of the rest of the other half. Take care of the half of the husband. And you're done. What's the shot on that? Begaz which means what the father did basically was when he made his hafara, he cut his half. You still have another half of the a neider, substantial half of the neder around. He didn't eat into that halak. Uh, okay, the husband dies. That transfers to the father. Fix that. Good. But says, no, no, no. In this case over here, father, you can't do anything. Even if you want to start from scratch and do your hafara again and the husband, no. Because you're still alive. So your hafara that you did, what it did was it weakened the whole entire picture. And since it weakened the whole entire picture now, your hafara already is gone. And even you ate into the hafara of the husband, now that the husband died, it's insubstantial for you to be, you're to transfer, and therefore you're not going to get the rights, and therefore in this case over here, he loses. Now, this is um different than the case we said uh uh above. The case we learned above, uh, if you remember, where we said the transfer uh, does go, right? What was that case? That was case number, right? The right to revoke about transfers to the father. That was the cases where the husband revoked, and the father died without hearing about the vow, right? Where the husband revoked, and I'm reading now. The... Died oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, case number three. If the husband revoked and died before the father heard about the vow. Okay, that's good. If the husband, uh, uh, he made a hafara, okay, and then he died before the father heard uh, about anything. So there I would say that even though it's only a small amount that he's getting, he can be yoresh that small amount, the father. Okay, because the father in that case over there is still alive. It's weakened. It goes away when he dies. Goes away. Ah, that's the point. Because when the husband dies, so now the the that he made is gone. So technically, he's getting back just everything. And since he gets back everything, he has no problem to do it here. He's not getting back everything because the father's still alive. And therefore, it, it's weakened. It remains weakened. Therefore, he we cannot draw the weakened halic. That's the point I wanted to point out to you, which I'll say again. In the case number three, where the husband revoked, he made hafara right, before he died. So, uh, we said what? The transfer goes back to the, to the father. And we said even in the case... Uh, everything went back. By, before the father heard about the back. Even in that case, right? So we, we, why do we have to give the case even before the father uh, heard about it? So he wanted to say, even though you could argue that the husband took care of the lion should 80%, because technically the father didn't even know about it, no jurisdiction, the hadush is what, even though that that one, when he dies, it goes to the father. Now, let's mechanically work it out, what's really <laughs> happening here. In truth, he's not getting a weak pot. Because in truth, when the husband dies, his hafarat dies with him. Same day. And therefore, Zafarad dies with him, and therefore he's getting everything. The father, he's getting the headache of the husband that uh, did nothing because he died, and he's also getting uh, his own headache. So therefore, that's a strong piece he's acquiring. When you get the strong piece, you can do it. Mm-hmm. The case where Betzema Betela arguing is the reverse. Here, the husband uh, died again, but the father made the hafara over here. Now once the father made the hafara and he's still existing, his hafara is still in, 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 in action. And therefore what happened? Father made a hafara. If you're learning like bet hilal, so you, you weaken the whole situation. You weakened your hilik, you weakened uh, the husband's hilik. Husband dies, good. So w- w- what are you going to get from the husband now? A weakened uh, item? insubstantial for you to be uh, your eshit. So therefore it must be bet holds what? Miklash kalish. Nafka mina. go back to our case with the olives. A lady makes a there that I'm not going to eat these two olives. Okay? And now let's say uh, the husband uh, makes a hafara. Right? He makes half. He makes half. And uh, the the father didn't do anything yet. Okay? Now she eats both of those olives. No malkut. No malkut. Why? Because even though half of it was mufar, you already weakened the whole nadir. Therefore, you can't get malkut on eating those olives. Masheke, according to Beit Shammai, husband made hafarah, basically what we say you did is, you broke your half, but you didn't touch the half of the father. So technically one olive is mutar, one olive is asur, but she ate both olives. So I don't know which, one of the olives for sure you ate was, remaining in the strict heaviness of isur. Therefore you'll get malkut in that case. So to answer the original question Do you look at an end that was broken halfway? Either all by the father or by the husband Do you look at it as Makhlokat Ben Shammai Ben Tlai, Baruch Allah, Amen